Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Greg's Garage Pod with co-host Jason Pridmore, presented by Bike911.com. You got some legal stuff you want handled? Go visit our boy, Alex Asante. He'll handle your business, or he'll at least put you in the right direction. He's a motorcycle rider and enthusiast just like yourself. He's at Bike911.com. Give him a buzz. Well, hi, Jason Pridmore. How you doing, man? Good, G-Dub. How you doing? How's things today? Good, 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 good. We got a lot to talk about today. Do we? And not a lot to talk about at the same time, right? Yeah, I suppose. It's race week, MotoGP. Excited. I want to thank everybody for checking out our last week's podcast. Uh, the <laughs> downloads were, I think, pretty much uh, a record for us in terms of first week downloads. And we appreciate uh, everybody checking out the pod and sharing it with friends. And Did you get any hate? We, uh, Did you get any hate, G-Dub? No. You know what? I didn't actually get any hate that I know of, mm. which is very interesting. And I actually got quite a few positive comments about our comments. What about you? Same. Same. Yeah, I didn't get any. I got. I had a lot of messages of people thanking us for, you know, kind of explaining what we, what we, you know. The fact is, you did all the legwork as you always do. You you read into the rule book a lot more and you saw some things, but it was good that, uh, it was good, I think, the way we stated things. So I think people were understanding of the situation for Daytona. And uh, there might even be some changes made, possibly. So that's good to hear as well. So we'll see. We'll see how it all all goes down. We're going to talk about the MotoGP season, which starts this weekend. We're going to talk about MotoGP Fantasy because we do have a league. Got started. Uh, we got some people registered up. But there will be some prizes given away and a Rye Helmet, some Dunlop tires. Kind of the same thing we're doing with Supercross fantasy which we'll also talk about and supercross and all that kind of stuff so if you want to support us if you like what we're doing feel free to visit our patreon patreon.com slash greg's garage tv there's a link in the description as well and if you'd like to subscribe to my youtube channel you can do that it's greg's garage tv so i guess jay we'll just uh kind of pin it and get right into it and it's news presented by Arai. hey jason pridmore did you know that Arai helmets protect your head yeah. Anyway, they look good. They're really good at protecting your noodle. And uh, they got nice paint jobs and some really nice like, glancing off technology and the and the, the, the sunshade. Whatever. Go visit AraiAmericas.com. Go check them out. I trust my noodle to them. That new helmet, the contour. Oh, my gosh. That dude is so good. Pair that up with that contour. The new uh, or the new um, Cardo system. Forget about it. Hey, hey, Jason, uh, forget about forget it. Forget about it. What are you going to do? Forget about it. You know, hey. Hey, dude, what are you going to do? Um, hey, some Moto America news. Westby Racing's Wing Warrior program is back for the seventh season. It's only 50 bucks for the season. And uh, if you check it out, you pay the 50 bucks, you come to the races, you get to hang out in their hospitality, which is always pretty cool. And you get some nice little things, JP. You get like, and the membership card, you get yourself a lanyard, you get an embroidered patch. Nice. You get a great. t-shirt, you get 10% off of Yosh products. Yeah, it's um, great, man. I love it. It's cool. I think club it's, racing it's, pricing. It's fun yeah. when teams do stuff like that. So yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool, man. They got you, you gotta come up with something. You know what I mean? Get people involved in the team and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. Wicked. Dude, who's the master of doing that though? Of doing in, 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 of kind of like uh getting people involved in the in the program, I'm talking back in the day. Kyle's done a good job of doing that, right, with the KW Army. But before yeah, that, that was good. Yeah. Who yeah, do yeah. you think was probably the best at doing it? 
Oh, man. Greg, you got to remember, there's been a lot of people um, that I can think of that have done things like this. Um, well, I, I should say one that really stands out in my mind. I don't know if he was the best out. at it. What? Or what? There's somebody that I what don't era? Yeah. Now, you know, I, remember Dale Quarterly used to do it with his oh, Ninja yeah. Turtle thing. Yeah, that was good. You know, and that was good. I mean, that really hooked people in. But yeah. there have been some really good ones over there the years. There have been great ones, yeah. Some innovative ways to, to integrate race fans with race teams and get them recognized. There's, I mean, dude, your boy, uh, JRP, he used to do a good job at that stuff. That's who I thought you were he talking would, about at the start. No, no, no. But he, he would, he would, yeah. He'd do cool that, stuff that, though, like get people involved. Yeah. Put their name on the back of the trailer or whatever. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, being their leathers till nine o'clock at night, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's what I could do. Uh, anyway, so, um, <laughs> All right, so I mentioned the MotoGP season starts this weekend, yeah. and we're going to talk more about the Premier class. But, Jay, in Moto2 and Moto3, they had a three-day test uh, that ended just a couple days ago. Yeah. And on in the Moto2 class, Pedro Acosta, was, he broke the track record, did all that stuff. Um, your boy, Aldegar, was was in the mix. Canet uh, was also in the top. Chantra, who's really made some big steps in the last, I would say, probably 12 months in his riding. And and your boy Sam Lowe's was up there too. Arbolino, Ben Snyder. You know, then you start our boy Sean Dylan Kelly was twenty fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's I think SDK's got to be what the only American left, right? He's it in the series. He's it forty three. So, what um, are you forty three seven leaders were forty one nine, so he's one point eight off. Mm-hmm. Probably feels like an eternity when you're twenty fourth place and you're one point eight seconds off. Um, yeah. A couple guys surprised me. Darren Bender twenty second. A little interesting. Joe Roberts is in. What am I saying? Of course, of Joe. Oh, Roberts. Joe Roberts, of course. Yeah, but we. Of course, he was nineteen. Joe, but, but, Sorry, Joe. but we think of though. You got to remember, like Joe did years over here. But I would have loved to have seen Joe on like a superbike or something over here, or a really really competitive super sport. Joe went over to Europe. Joe's when I think of Joe Roberts, I think of him being even though he's an American. He, I know he raced over here. I'm contradicting myself altogether, but. I think of him being in Europe already, always. Well, dude, he's been you know, in he's Europe been longer than he's been here. Correct. Right? That's, I guess, what at, I'm trying at to this say. point. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah, we're talking when we say Americans, like talking about guys that have kind of gone over after we've seen them here in our series or whatever. And even though Joe was here, and we saw him a lot in his successes when he was racing, like what would have been the stock 600 class back in the day, you know, mm-hmm. winning that championship, winning a bunch of races. Um, but his path has always been to get over there. Yeah, he's done a great job. I mean, obviously, he won a race. You know, he Correct. won a race last year. Correct. And uh, so he's on the same team as Joe. He's on the Italtrans Trans team. Dude, where's he your guy? Where's your guy? Nineteenth. What am Ooh. I missing here? Ayagura? Yeah, where's he at? I what? What am I? I don't know. Is he hurt? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen him in any tests. Uh, look, I don't follow this as much as I should. Granted, especially because you and I do a podcast. But I'm like, where's Ayagura? I haven't seen him in anything. Mm-mm. So I'm like, is like I don't know if there's something wrong. I I know he's been in Japan. He's been tweeting and stuff. You know, he has every now and again. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know, my boy. I. What are you doing? I. Well. Yeah, that's Cause weird. Because you'd figure that he'd be the guy. Like maybe setting the pace. I. I mean, right? I guess. Yeah. And he's not anywhere. He's not there. So I'm. I'm a little confused. I mean, he took a picture February 20th with basically, it was, well, it was with the Honda Team Asia. It was, it was their Twitter account. He forwarded it. And it's I, and it's 
Somkiat Chantra, and it's but was Mario. He, was he even at the Jerez test? I don't know, but I mean, last time I saw him on a bike was January 30th. He was doing supermoto and then like mini bikes. So I don't know, maybe he is hurt. I'm, yeah, and I just, look, it's probably, it's obviously my fault because I haven't paid any, as much attention to it as I could. I'm sure that Honda Team Asia has a an Instagram page. I'm looking it up as you talk, so just keep talking. Yeah, so the last time he posted was on Instagram was 12 weeks ago. Interesting. Yep. Um, but anyway, all right. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, I guess the other thing to do would be to check the entry list, you know, on MotoGP site to see if he's on there for this race. But yeah. we'll see what happens with um, I. Yeah, I mean, we got to. So, because he's kind of other he's, than Iagora, he's, he's your it, guy. You know, I'm surprised you're not on the pulse of that. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't. He didn't give me his number. He didn't. So, no. Right. February 22nd. He doesn't, even, he doesn't follow me on Twitter or Instagram. February or 22nd. He was motoing. Just saying. Yeah. So not this a month ago. Yeah. I don't Crazy. know. All right. Well. Why don't you Google where is Iogora? Maybe that's what we need to do. Anyway, GP1's reporting that Danilo Petrucci got an offer to race a 24-hour Le Mans in World Endurance. Jay, you've done it. You know Petrucci and how he struggles with hot conditions and this and that. You know, he's he, when he was in the States, he was known to be a bit of a complainer. No. He's already started to show the same thing over in World Superbike, right? Mm. Yeah, well. Is this the guy? It, it'll be. It the won't guy be. You, to, won't, you won't have to worry about heat. At Le Mans in April, not not at Le Mans, but he's, he, you think you th- how do you think Petrucci would do? It'd be, not speed wise, we know he's fast. Oh yeah, he's a hell of a rider. Hour Le Mans. Be fun. He'd, like how br- how brutal is that race? How many teammates? <laughs> how how long's your stints? Three three riders, right. twenty four hours hour stint at a time. Sometimes you get double stinted. You know it rains a lot, usually in April, which would fit him to a T. I mean, any team that wouldn't want Danilo on their on their bike in April in France would be nuts because it does rain a ton. <laughs> it rains. Yeah, um, that's right. Well, I mean, it does rain. There has been times where it hasn't. Um, I don't know if that race is cut out for him, to be honest. Although the guy did the Dakar, so who's to question what he's cut out for or not? But he's going to have to lap a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of slow guys. And I wouldn't say um, – I wouldn't say it's dangerous. <laughs> It's not the safest race in the world by the standard of of closing speeds. You know, yeah. Greg, you know what's funny is like the Daytona 200 routinely over the years has been known as the race where everybody does one race a year and that's the race they choose, right? Because of the history, it's Daytona. It's really funny because a lot of those big endurance championship races, you, you have a lot of really good teams. You're going to have 15 to 20 great teams, but there's 60 teams, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. you get it like, oh, my gosh, it's December. April's coming up. Let's get the team. Let's get the band back together and <laughs> let's patch up our, you know, our our 2012 whatever. And I think, it, you know, we'll get it together. We haven't seen it since we put it back, you know, since we put it in the shop after the last race type of thing. So... <laughs> Yeah, so I did there's that once there's with a an endurance bike. Did you? Yeah. So there's a yeah, little bit of that. My 98 that. bike that sat on the set of Two Wheel Tuesday for years. And then Hayes was riding for Suzuki. And he was like, You want to go <laughs> to Texas World and do an endurance race? And I was like, I got a bike, dude. It's been, hasn't hasn't run in three and a half years or something. That's funny. He was like, Let's do it. So we did it. Yeah. Out of, oil, of course, put just, gas in just it. Just like, Let's do it. 
Well, the problem was I didn't have a rear brake caliper for it. So I had to find one on eBay and we put it on and I couldn't find brake pads. Yeah. So the story goes, I say to Josh Hayes, don't use the rear brake. We don't have pads. <laughs> so we kind of, we kind of faked it and got through tech. Right. Uh huh. And then this guy, uh, Dennis Torres, who was a videographer at the time, he comes up to me and I'm in the pits waiting for Hayes to come in. And he goes, Josh is coming off. You remember Texas world. There were two configurations. One was taking you out of the speedway and back into the speedway. Yes. That's what we were racing. It's a right-hander that hard break right-hander that takes you a bump that takes you back into the speedway. And he goes, every time he goes in there, the rear brake caliper is glowing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was literally piston brake piston on, on the caliper. Yeah. And Josh comes in and the things, it's not on fire, but it was like smoke. But it might as well have been. Yeah. Yeah. So much for not using the rear brake, but he's a beaut. Anyway. Anyway. So, all right. That's it for news presented by Ryan. Hey, you know, when it comes to this 24 hour thing, because I saw the same thing you did right before we got online, you, you, you brought it up to me and Philip Odell has been talked about. And I said to you, why isn't Bassani being talked about? Yeah. Bassani from World Superbike. He's got to be what? I think. Third best Ducati? Maybe sometimes second best. Let me ask you this. I mean, honestly, if you had to put Rinaldi and, and uh, Bassani on the exact same bike, I don't. I could go 50-50 on that pretty easily. I'd say take either one of them. Like if you had to it's put hard, on the factory for- bike, right? I, Bassani to me has got a lot of – he's got a chip on his shoulder. Like – I didn't like his whole little tantrum he threw after getting held up in practice um, <laughs> mm. when he was on, on a fast lap, like it, it uh, in Indonesia, but he kind of rides with a little chip on his shoulder. Like he doesn't have a lot of, uh, he doesn't care about the name on the back of the leathers in front of him, you know, which I like, I mean, and he rides hard and he does good things on a bike, but you know, yeah, it's interesting. Well, you know, but he doesn't ever get talked about. Like I would have been maybe trying to get a hold of him too. Yeah, I wonder what's well. You just next, told next week I, we you, well next week we'll have Steve English on. Maybe he'll give us some. Yeah, Steve is the best. He sends me stuff, and I'm like, man, yeah, he's just he's a good dude. Um, but yeah, he. he oh wait, before before we go, yeah, have you seen the stuff about Robling Road, the video Robling Road? Dude, look, man. Every time I sit there and I think. Man, racing in America is trying to get a little bit better. Shit like that happens. And I'll be fair with you. I've been to Roebling. I didn't like it. I tested a car there. I did I did a um I did an endurance motorcycle race there after I tested the car with a friend just to go. We I was there and I was training somebody, and then we decided to sign up for the endurance race and we did it. But like any track anywhere where people can cross at any time to just cross the track, like to get from one side to the other is it's a bad idea. If you've been to Roebling, you drive through a neighborhood to get there. It's essentially in a neighborhood and you know, I'll, I'll get hate who cares, but this kind of shit to me cannot happen. Grattan, Michigan, the exact same way. Remember Grattan, Michigan, you had to cut it in order oh, yeah. to get into the infield to get to the pits. You had to go across the racetrack and I don't care that is such a bad, build a bridge, build a tunnel, do something like to have what just happened there has the potential to shut down a race series. If that guy runs into the side of the, that ambulance going that fast, 
can you imagine being the guy being taken away in the ambulance and then hear a bike hit it? That would live with you for, I mean, I can't even fathom. By the way, that was Jeff White's buddy, um, Gorilla Racing. I don't know Ant- who that Antony. is. Yeah. Antony. Uh, you've met him once or twice. Have I? He was, in the, he was the guy in the ambulance. Yeah, he had a concussion and then uh, his ankle is pretty, pretty banged up. Oh, man. So he was he in the crash. ambulance crossing the track. Yeah. Like, so basically, look, if you don't, if you don't know the incident, folks, this, this is what happened. At Roebling Road on the front straightaway, you have to cross the track. So, I, listen, I love the layout of the track, Jay. I, you know, I, yeah. I won, I won my first oh, race there. I took my Ed, yeah, no, we, my Ed Bargy school there. I just have yeah. affinity. Yeah, for the yeah. Track. It's, it was your right. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, like, for sure. Like it's, it's got yeah, history. You got, you got history there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But agreed. You, you just have two metal gates that basically block this this crossing or whatever, and. I'm not going to get into the specifics of what I know because that's for lawyers to decide. And all these people want to throw in their two cents by looking at an onboard video and all this kind of stuff. But the bottom line is, is that the racetrack was still active. There was still a race going on and the ambulance started to cross. And the onboard video was a guy going 129 miles an hour, basically 130. And the ambulance was more than three quarters. It was right in the middle of the racetrack. Like, it's in the middle of the racetrack. It was more than middle. It's unreal. There was like hardly any room. It's unreal. And then the guy behind him, uh, I guess, hit the hit the bumper and took the bumper off. He did actually. Uh, I, I heard he actually. Video. I actually heard he hit the, the ambulance myself too. And I'm like, how are we not talking about that poor guy? You know, the thing is, G Dub is I okay. So when I my introduction to that place was testing when I was down there testing that Rolex 24 hour car. That's where we would go primarily to test was Roebling Road. So yeah, and I'm honest, dead honest with you on this. There was not a lap that I came out of that last corner with everything, all my attention, okay, is there anything cutting across the track? Because I knew that that possibility is there, right? Especially wildlife, especially wildlife. Well, the wildlife part, like that's just part of it. But I, an ambulance driving across the track is not wildlife. And the thing is, is that- The the problem is if you're in the pits and you need to go out and run to Subway or whatever, you you have to sit there and then they run like race, race, race race you know something like that then they'll go okay we got cro- track crossing so if you get stuck out there you could be out there for a couple hours you get stuck in you're in for a couple hours and and that's the problem i mean the fu- the fundamental issue to me is is obviously in this case who's at fault okay who's at fault why was this ambulance even in a position while the racetrack was active to even be able to cross the track why, why was the gate not closed but again i don't know if the ambulance kind of came around and was on pit lane. I, I don't know, you know, but I've heard some things. And the thing about it is the thing that really, I, I don't, I don't see how Weira survives these lawsuits. And that's going to be a real shame. It's it's great that everybody made it out. Okay. In this particular incident. They are so lucky and that, sure that that happened. So lucky, but it's, I don't know. It's, I'm not going to go as I, far I just, to say, who or who is not going to survive this? I'm just going to say that where has the basic common sense gone? Where is it? Why is there not somebody? I don't care if it's a track official. There's zero way a track official would let that ambulance cross. I don't care if the ambulance driver took it upon himself. At the end of the mm-hmm. day, the tr- there has to be, if you are going to, if you're going to own and run a racetrack, you better have people that you trust. I wouldn't even trust the organization that I'm bringing in. And I'm, that's, that's any organization. I don't care if it's cars, bikes, whatever. If I am at a track where there is the potential of being able to cross a racetrack, 
and you work for me, G-Dub, and you and I own a racetrack, I'm going to make sure that you are out there or I am out there or we have people that we know are not going to allow yeah. this to happen. And well, look, that ambulance driver wouldn't have been able to take it upon himself if there was a big gate there and he couldn't get through it. Okay. And yeah, and- plus there's race control. Like that's the thing. Like Silly. even if the gate on his side was open, the gate on the far side. What? What are we doing? Yeah, and I. And, and- uh, it's tough, and now it's made international news. GP One has it; they're reporting on it. You know, they're bullshit about all. Oh, Petrucci said that you know racing in the U.S. was dangerous, but this isn't Moto America. This is a local thing at Roebling Road in Savannah, whatever. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Well, look, you're that desperate for news. Well, no, they're just dipshits over there, to be fair, because stuff happens at every, I mean, look, club racing, whatever stuff happens. And it's stuff does happen. Look, I'm you can't compare this to what Danilo Pertucci is talking about. And plus, don't even care about that much either, to be fair. But um, I just think think for us is we're just happy. Everybody's safe. Yeah. Thank goodness. Nobody got killed. Yeah, and it's it's, a, it's another lesson, a reminder. The problem I have, Jay, is that yeah. race control building is it's right there. That's that's Look, literally it's just it's right as it you go into cannot. the track. But Greg, like, happen. how is a racetrack even running right now? Like, imagine if you're on the inside, you're there with a friend, and you get some insane personal mom, dad, wife, spouse, brother, cousin, aunt is been in an accident, and you need to get you need to get home whatever the case is, you're, you're stuck. How's that possible? And everybody's going to go, well, it costs a lot of money to build a bridge and it costs a lot of money to, if that guy would have slammed inside of that, that ambulance, thank God he didn't. But if he had, you wouldn't have to worry about that because the track would be gone. Yeah. And so like, how much is it really worth you to build a bridge safely, obviously build a safe bridge or or tunnel. tunnel to be able to get people in and out? safely so i would rather see a tunnel you know i'd rather see a tunnel me too i'm a thousand percent with right. you i'd way rather see less, a tunnel less to hit obviously way but, yeah. rather bridge, see a tunnel theoretically i would think bridge would be cheaper than a tunnel but still but you could do bridge. i mean look we got bridges at road america you got bridges at laguna seca there are bridges everywhere yep. greg that if you do it yep. correctly fundamentally right you you're going to be fine and and the biggest determining factor of what we're talking about right now is cost people are going to go well the cost the cost the cost it's like hey let's yeah. <laughs> You you can't you can't not pay enough for that. Like just get it done, man. Figure it out. Like especially a track that's been around for a zillion years. So it is a fun layout. I like it anyway. Yeah, it's just so. it's it is. It's just it's like what is it? There's like two left hand corners. There's two lefts. Right, right, left, right, left, left. Right, left. That's where I wrecked my ankle. Yeah. So it's like. Like I get off, if I do an endurance race and get off a bike, I can't walk for a minute because my left ankle gets so stiff, and it's because I crashed. That's turn five. Is the left hander? Kayla Yakov crashed in turn four, Jay, which is the that, right, the slowest corner on the track. That's the that's and the first you, place I spun out the Rolex car <laughs> ever. Was it really? Yeah, I spun, I spun out the Rolex car in that turn. It's not a lot of runoff hand. room. Was it towards the exit of the corner? No, I was right in the middle, the- just tipping in, and I learned real mm. quick that you can't you can't trail break with. <laughs> with that much arrow on the car and that kind of, it was interesting, but I just kind of spun around and laughed about it and got going, but that's right. Yeah. yeah you got to break, let off, roll through the hammer, the, the break, right? and then you, you throw everything in there. But yeah, anyways, look, I, in all in all, I hope everything comes out. Okay. On that. I hope the track doesn't take yeah. a beating where it's been around for a million years and given a lot of people, a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, and if it's, and if it's the, the, the fact that an ambulance driver decided to do it on his own, 
Again, I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know why the guy crossed the track. I can't imagine somebody at the track went, oh, yeah, hey, go ahead and cross. I just can't see that. No. It's not going to happen. Greg, first, it's here. It is here. MotoGP is here. We get to see sprint race. We get to see guys (laughs) on new bikes. I mean, I'm excited about that. Yeah. 21 weekends, 42 starts. Insane. Like, (laughs) dude, it's insane. Like, I think it's crazy. I think it's cool. I, I look from our perspective, it's awesome. It's um, well, it's I mean, the the bottom line, Jay, is that they they lose a practice session. It's not like they have the same amount of laps, and then they added this race, right? You lose a practice session or whatever it is, and it gets replaced with this small sprint race. So the the only big difference, obviously, is competition. I still think that people are a little confused whether it's going to be i know martin Reigns, who is retired statistician for MotoGP, he tweeted about like hey i'm still trying to figure out are these sprint races part of the MotoGP like statistics like is it does it count as a start i just think it's got to be a new stat it's got to be a new stat sprint races are different than grand prix i think i i mean look Mm. it's almost like like when you see these guys world superbikes got Two reg- Look, I think that what makes a Grand Prix is the laps that you do, right? Like a, a full race is to me... Yeah, 43 to 45 minutes. I feel like that is what the record books would show what a full Grand Prix race distance is. Any more than the sprint races that we see, the 10 lap sprint races that we see. I mean, look, they only pay half the points in the sprint races on Sunday morning of a World Superbike race. So they're not treating it like a full-blown points paying race, right? Like they've... They've done a couple of cool things there. They pay half the points and it determines the grid for race two that day. So you go through qualifying and wherever you qualify, you start race one on Saturday and the sprint race on Sunday morning from wherever you qualify, but you can improve that position with a good result in the sprint race. So, I mean, I don't know, man, there's a lot to take in on this. Um, the sprint race action side of it is going to be interesting. How much, I think my biggest question is how much is race control going to let these guys get away with? I mean, and I don't know less this. Less I, don't, each year. I don't know what the sprint races, and I'm, and I know they put a schedule up. I didn't look at it close enough yet. But what is what is the sprint race distance length? Did they say for like Portimao? Is it ten laps? Is it? I don't know what it is. Oh, uh, I haven't checked. To, to, I know there was, I was a schedule. I was trying to look out. for the schedule. Itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw it was out somewhere. Did you see those RNF bikes, the Aprilias? Yeah, they look great. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you got to think Oliveira at this track is going to be good. But, I, you know, I'm sitting there and yesterday morning I was going to get a coffee and I knew we were going to be on a podcast. And I thought, do I put Greg on the spot? You know, because you and I like to make our little fun predictions and do all our things. And But, but I mean, do you see a non-Ducati winning the championship? The championship? Yeah, the championship. No. No. I mean, the, on- the only reason a Ducati wouldn't is if, for several races, the top six guys started, you know, bouncing off each other and crashing each other out. And when the dust settles, here comes Quadraro bombing through, or maybe even Marquez. Like, how many? How many Ducati dude. riders? How many Ducati riders right now do you put stake in that could win the championship? Like, absolute. Like, this guy could. This guy could. The and this guy could. The absolute championship. championship. What Ducati right, we riders? We know Pecco can. Absolutely. We know Pecco can. Yep. We know that uh, I'm I'm convinced that Bastianini can win the championship. Yeah, he, he, he gave him a run. He had a rough start at the beginning. I think he's he's good enough and can be consistent enough. I think that Martin. 
Yeah, Martin could. He's been up and down, so he's got. But, some but he has. But out. he has the pace, and if he figures it he out, he has the pace. He has the pedigree, right? So sick. Marco Bedzecki is another one. I mean, I agree. Okay. I think that he could be tough, Marini. Um, I mean, look, we don't know what Alex Marquez is going to be able to do. We, what Marquez. we do know is that the guy's got two world championships under his belt, so he understands how to win a world championship. You know. But I could take Marquez out of that equation. I could take Zarco out of that equation. I could take De Antonio out of that equation. Of three guys, I don't think, I don't think are going to win the championship this year. Like, I don't think Zarco ever will. I don't think Deji Antonio ever will. That's just how I feel. Alex Marquez, if he does, I think it'll take a year. So, when you, when you look at that, um, there's like essentially five Ducati riders. Of the five, I really would put stake in the two factory bikes and Martin, and then Bedecki and Marini at close second. To those guys, yeah. right? Yeah, it's gonna, it's all going to be depending on their first third of the season, how antsy they get, how good their setups are, all those things. But then, if you look at the rest of the field, there's only two other names that pop up that could win this championship. Well, you know, you got to go Quadraro, right? Hundred percent. And Yamaha looks quicker. I, I mean, so he might not be at, you know at that much of a deficit. And who's the other guy? You I think? just, I just don't think that Quadraro, though, to be honest with you, has the I don't feel like the, the, he has the absolute foundation. Yamaha's going to be putting everything behind him, but I don't feel like they have the foundation. By the way, just real quick on a t- complete side note here. If you hear in the background, you think you got to edit stuff. I have never seen it rain in all my life. I've never seen it rain as hard as it is at my house right now. Just so you know, it is my whole road is like flooding, which you know oh, where I live. Wow. No, yeah, I've never seen definitely. it like this. Sorry. So I'm, I've got my windows open here. I was looking outside. Um, I think that, no, I actually can't hear the rain. It's, it's, I mean, it's, I've never seen, I've never ever seen it like this. Um, so you got Quadro, but again, I just don't think he's got the, he's got a good team behind him, but I, I, I question the bike at certain tracks. And Greg, I, th- I think that the fact that you and I named five Ducati riders, that's going to make it even difficult, more difficult for him. It's not like he's just got to race one or two guys, right? He's going to have to race five Ducatis. Can Marquez do it? You know, he came out and said that. Racing is different than testing. I get it, but I think it's the same battle. I think that now where maybe we had two or three Ducatis in the past, I think that you're going to have five. And with Marquez, Alex Marquez, possibly six Ducatis on any given weekend that are going to make it really difficult for the likes of Mark Marquez or Quattararo could do it. Um, and then look, I mean, the Aprilia's. I think Alicia's year was last year. If he was going to do it, I think last year was going to be the year for him. I, I agree with that, actually. I don't I don't think – I think Alicia will be there. He'll be consistent. He'll probably surprise us at a couple of races, obviously. Um, but, again, is he a guy that – I honestly think that if Oliveira really gets that Aprilia rolling, I mean, and gets the consistency and all that, the good feels, he might be a more consistent guy on the Aprilia than Aleish if, if he gets things right, you know? So does Maverick, does Maverick win one or two or four this year? No, I'm talking, think there's 42 chances now, <laughs> 42 chances. I would, if, if you had to put, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think he wins. I don't think Maverick. Okay. A cu- couple things. I think that Mark Marquez is at the point now He's hit the deck enough and he's had enough problems where I think that last 0.25% of what he had, because he's a couple percentage points better than everybody else when he's in peak form and he's got a decent motorcycle. 
I think that that bit's gone. I think, you know, I hear it in some of the comments he makes. Like, oh, that that corner is really fast. Yeah. So I'm not sure that he is going to have the luck or be willing to hang it out like he's done in the past. But I just don't want to count him out because Marquez is magic, dude. He's magic. And you never know what Honda's going to show up with. You know, that the, the chief engineer came over from Suzuki is doing things in a different way. And, you know, Marquez was, Mark Mark was kind of complaining about it. Like, Hey, we already tried this and we tried that. And I don't know why we're doing it again, but we're doing it because Ken wants to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? He wants to see where and it's like, he wants to see the steps that got them to where they're at. Right. You know, which, which if you remember your guy, Carl, were back in the day, right? Carl was, was, he wanted to go trackside and he wanted to watch. And every time I remember his best adjustments to your motorcycle or anybody he worked with, or when he got that moment to go out, and then he would go, ah, okay. And then the he best. would be like, tick, 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 tick. And then, right? And sometimes it just works like that. Sometimes people want to see it in real life as opposed to data. Just just strict data. I agree. Um, but see, here's the thing. Well, what, here's how I look at that, though, Greg, to your point. That, you know, when we saw Marquez doing what he had to do to get that bike up front, again, you have to remember, he was racing against one or two or three guys, right? And it's not like that now. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's true. It's he's going to be racing just as hard for sixth and seventh and eighth as he would have been when he was trying to win not that long ago. But back then, he was battling against one or two guys. He was trying to beat one or two guys, right? And now it's six or seven. So you get through one, you got the exact same battle up ahead. And and I'm look, I mean, maybe the best that ever lived. Maybe I guess that's the argument that you'd make for Mark Marquez without question. The fact is, though, is that. When Rossi won all his, Rossi only had to beat one or two guys, essentially. Do you remember when they used to have the alien group, when it was Pedrosa and Rossi and, and what was it? Lorenzo. Lorenzo and, um, yeah. and Pedrosa. Pedrosa, Lorenzo, mm-hmm. Rossi. Who am I missing? Yep. Anyways, the thing is, is that there was four, right? Well, there's five Ducati riders right now that could win. Week in and week yeah. out. Just Ducati. So you got, yeah. you know, you got five Ducati guys. And then you well, got, who can you know, win? Who can win? I think that, that I think that well, well Zar- Zarco's never won, right? So Zarco's so, never won. I don't think Alex right. Marquez will win his first year out, and I don't think. But Luca Marini, I don't he, think Luca Marini. Marini's been on pole, but Dejan Antonio yeah. has been on pole too. But he's not really done anything. Although he's got a new crew chief and he's got all that. He, but exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's going to make a step for sure. But I think he will. You know what, dude? It so, so Jay. Let me let me pivot real quick though. Let's talk about. Are the same people fast in a Grand Prix length race that'll be fast in the sprint races? Or do you see somebody with some potential that maybe has had problems with tires and fading and all this kind of stuff? Uh, you know, do you think sprint races are going to look different result wise as from the Grand Prix itself? I do. I think that if you're on a non Ducati, you have a better chance of winning in a sprint race. I think because mm. depending on. Again, this is gonna. A lot of it's gonna depend on tires and and that kind of stuff. I I just don't think that you're gonna see. I think long longevity wise, um, I just know how hard it is. I would think for these guys to be able to like Greg, if even right now you and I, it's a lot easier for us to do ten laps than just to do twenty five or thirty or fifteen laps, whatever it is. I don't know what the sprint races are. So, but like in the case of like a a 10 lap sprint race in world Superbike, you see it every weekend where Ray and top rack and, 
you know, throw a few other guys in there, Lowe's and, and Locatelli, Bassani, they can kind of be there in that 10 lap sprint, you know, but over 25, 28 laps to keep trying to make up that time on, on Batista is pretty damn hard to do. Right. It's, it's a grind. It's just too hard. And I think with more laps comes a lot more risks with, with more laps comes a lot more wear and tear tires. And so when you start to really break that down, I just think that, yeah, you could see, or rain race, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get, what are you going to probably out of 40 something races, you're going to get a good five or six or eight, probably rain races. Don't you agree? Thrown in there. Oh yeah. Oh, hundred easy. The flag to flags yeah. are hard to call, but uh, I'm saying if everybody finishes the race and you and I, you know, there's no attrition, it's going to be hard for anybody on a, not a, not a Ducati to win. It's true. And that's Good. all. Hey, all credit to Ducati, by the way. Like, dude, I, I, I know I can come across as a hater sometimes with Ducati, but, but they've done their homework, especially in MotoGP and their bikes are good. Their bikes are fast. They've, they've obviously done something right with their satellite teams as well. So they pushed a lot of innovation. They pushed innovation onto the rest of the paddock as well. Yeah. You know, from obviously from winglets down to that, they were the first ones to come out with that little thing underneath the swing arm that a lot of people forget about now that was so controversial when it came out. Correct. Is it cooling the tire? Is it creating this and that? You know, to squatting devices. And I mean, it's just... They've really one thing pushed after technology, another. man. They've done a really nice job. And I'm really keen on the Aprilias. I'd love to be able to see a lace pickup where he left off last year. Maverick is just too inconsistent. Now, I guess the other guys you got to think about is, I mean, where are Marin Rins and all this deal? Like, where are they at? I mean, I just think the Honda's still not the bike, and they're going to give all the parts to Mark. I think we're going to be we're going to see the same problem that we normally see, which is all the development around Marquez, and I think that Mir and Rins, who ride very similar styles, are going to have to adapt to Marquez's style. So yeah, I and I think that I, that's know, the narrative that Honda wants to break, though. I think by them bringing in Suzuki engineer, by by hiring, by getting Rins, Rins could have gone to. Grassini also, and I know there's probably money involved there, why he didn't. Um, I still think Rins on that Grassini Ducati would have been an, a real threat. You know, um, he would have been a real threat on that Grassini bike. Mir got taken strictly because of his world championship, didn't he? I mean, that's why they they hired Mir based off of this guy's won a MotoGP world championship. I still feel like they could have put Rins on that bike and it and been teammates with Marquez, you know, so Fan it's a boy. No, really not. I mean, Greg, if you had, if you had half a Millicent in front of him, you were going to put it on Rins or Mir. Would you put it on Mir? Well, no, not after the end of last season. Okay. Well, what you, that's what, what you... I'm basing it off of. I mean, all right, fine, all right. I mean, it sucks when a guy like Mir wins a championship with one race and it gets discredited because that guy won the championship. And that's the case. He won the championship and the race he won was a race that he absolutely had to at Valencia. Remember they ran two races in Valencia that year mm-hmm. and he won the first of the two and that really helped him going into the second week. So I am not here to take any credit away from Mir, but I, I definitely don't think he was the fastest rider that year, but he finished the most races. He was consistent. He won a race kind of like Gintoli when, when Sylvan Gintoli won the world Superbike championship. Yeah. I think he won, I think he won two races all year, I think, but, but you know, and that's, and that's the thing that's knowing how to play the game, right? You gotta, because, hey, at the end of the day, you got to win the championship, yeah. and 
it's it's not their fault they won the championship <laughs> if you know what i mean like yeah if everybody yeah, else yeah. screws up or crashes or breaks or whatever and those guys are still collecting points it's not their fault they're doing their job yeah everybody was out on the same track whatever you know. can't discredit them same conditions so, all that stuff so when you sit there does, and you, Joanne, yeah. does joanne zarko win a race this year no hmm. i think zarko has literally been primed as a little bit like ducati's test rabbit when obviously when Piro's not there, some of the commentary and things I heard about him last year were just that like, Oh, he's testing this or he's testing that. And sure. Yeah. 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 I, I don't. And what is he now? 33 years old or more. It's hard to win your first GP. I think at that age, I think um, it's hard to win a GP at any age, but I mean, he's do you, born, yeah. Nineteen. What was he second he was at Portimao in the test? Wasn't he? I think he was second in the, yeah, Porta, I mean, the dude Portimao can do test. one lap. There's no 100%. doubt he can do one lap. Yeah. So yeah, if it was he's like got, a, he's got outright speed, it's just a matter of put. That's why I think I think Zarco will win a sprint race before he would win a long race. Yeah, I just if think he's going to win one, yeah. I think his best opportunity is a I, sprint. I would love to see all these guys that have not won win something, win a race in MotoGP, just so they can let's say go that they Nakagami. Did, so. let's yeah, go that's Nakagami. not going to happen. I already saw a thing where he. <laughs> you see his quotes? No quote was like, "I've got to push to be in the top six each week to keep my ride and." I mean, that's a lot of pressure going into the season. Dude, Yamaha's put pressure on Morbidelli too, right? There have been some comments like, hey, man, you got to go fast. So we got people waiting for this seat. Yeah. But the question is how many people want to take it? Right now, right now, if you're a top prospect coming from Moto2 or wherever they're going to pull people from, you're waiting for a Ducati seat to open. Or you're getting paid a big chunk of money with a bunch of promises that our bike's going to get better. That's the key there in MotoGP, I think. I, I mean, hope things get better for Gas Gas slash KTM, you know? I, KTM in general just looks like they've – I mean, everybody's made a big jump forward, and it just doesn't seem like they've made a big jump. That's what it seems nope. like. And But again, and you I know, hate it for Augusto Fernandez, the only rookie in the class. Yeah, and especially when you see – when you see how the guys that left that team last year, Raul Fernandez and Oliveira left that team – and they've gone to the same team now, right? They're on the Aprilia. Yeah. And, like, essentially, Fernandez has come out and said he's treating this year like his first year in MotoGP because last year was so dysfunctional for him. So there's not a lot of positives to be said from those riders about, about the actual team itself and the bike. So now they're saying how much they – obviously, they love this bike, which, you know, is what it is. But, man, I – you know, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a Ducati that wins. If I had to stake it, I think Bastianini's the man to beat this year, even though I know Bagnaia has gone quick at, at Portimao and such. I also see those two not being stoked with each other. I could see that. I could see some big battles between those two where they're going to fight. It could they're end up fight. in some broken wings. Some broken wings. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that, that is a good way to put it. Well, all right. So it's Portimao. So it's Europe. So do the time change. It's I think it's six hours from the East Coast. Uh, we're doing this podcast on Tuesday, so things get rolling in like a day and a half. So make sure you, you know, in terms of like that, I think it's the press conference or whatever. Um, if Acosta wins the championship in Moto2, where does he go? It's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, the problem is he's in the KTM. You I know, get it. I get it. What Ducati seat's going to open of the five that we talked about that are potential winners? I don't see any of those five mm. opening up, right? 
Bedecki, Marini, Bastianini, Martin, and Bagnaya. No, but I mean, if if Ducati likes them enough, they can figure out equipment. And if like DG Antonio ended up losing his ride on Grassini, they would obviously that mean spot, wouldn't it? That's what Bastianini was on last year. Or Zarco? Where's Zarco going to go? Or Zarco? I don't know. It depends on how important Zarco is really for the program. It being that intermediate intermediary between you know full blown testing and the races, Zarco gets to second test all that gear. I don't know how valuable he really is. I mean, I think he's pretty valuable to the program with the mindset that Ducati has. I think, I think the biggest hit is going to be as weird as it sounds like the biggest hit's going to be at Yamaha because they go from four riders down to two. And I know it didn't really work out. Their motors were slow last year and all that kind of stuff. But I think the biggest benefactor to the changes in MotoGP are going to be Aprilia mm. because now they're going to have four bikes on the grid and, mm-hmm. and, different styles and a lot more data to, I, I think agree. that's going to pay off for them more mid season than anything else. I agree. No, I think the Aprilia thing is exciting to see. I thought the RNF bikes look good. They got a good team. Agreed. I think Oliveira starting in Port- Portugal will be a, be kind of cool for that, but I'm just curious. Though, well, and that kind of brings up, some of these that brings up fantasy, Jay. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk, talk about, about yeah. MotoGP fantasy yep. because that's, that's a big deal. So if you go to MotoGP.com uh, you go to more. It's one of the lines in the middle, right? And it goes to Game Hub. Or you can simply type in fantasy, fantasy. What am I from Chicago? Fantasy.motogp.com. All right. You can just sign up. It's free. It's free. And you can get yourself uh, hooked up with a fantasy deal. Now, if you're from the United States, when you initially sign up, they're going to ask you for a team. And then up top is leagues. You click on leagues. You're automatically in the World League and the U.S. League. You can type in Greg's Garage Pod with Jason Pridmore. That'll get you there. And you can join our league. It's it's free to join. Um, let's talk a little bit, Jason. About They've, already got, it. They've already got it up, huh? I got it up. Yeah, I, I put it up there. So No, no, no. I like see as, I, you can pick riders. That's a new look. I'm just doing it as you talk about it. I'm doing yeah, yeah. It you as can pick you riders talk. and everything. So, so, Jay, tell us a little bit about what's going on. Because if you did it last year, they added... Uh, uh, they added a bit this year, Did they? which is, yeah. So they added team. So you still have two gold riders, two silver riders to pick. You have a constructor and then you have a team to pick and your total purse is 15 million to spend. So, so the thing is, so I'm is, looking yeah. right now, I'm looking right now just real quickly. Cause I, I wanted to do it as if our listeners were doing it kind of with you. So if you go to, uh, if you go to, I see the MotoGP Official League and the United States Official League. I go to join a league, correct? Correct. So if I go to join a league and now I'm looking for you. So do I Right. So in the search, in? in the search, yep. up, yeah. Type in Greg's, you know, with an apostrophe S, Greg's Garage Pod. Got it. With Jason, uh, with me. See it. Join. Yeah, with you. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Join it. So I'm in there now, right? So that's you are. So yeah, yeah, we just went to 89 people participating. Yeah, so Greg's garage pod with me, Jason for more 89 players. So you got to I did it wrong the first time you got to, I, I did the capital G R E G with apostrophe. Yes. You can find us on there. And when you start to look at your team, Greg, is it 15 mil still? Like you say, so 15 mil, so for 15 mil, you're going to, you, um, you're going to pick two gold and two silvers riders. Um, if it's the same as last year, I'm assuming, um, and then you're going to add a constructor, uh, a, con- a constructor, and you're going to add a team. So that's new for this year, huh, G-Dub, the team? The team. Yeah, the team's new. 
So you got 15 mil. So the hard thing about this, the MotoGP um, fantasy is this. You've kind of got to pick good early. Because if you don't pick good early, <laughs> it makes it really hard. I learned last year. You have to pick good early because it's a lot harder to, in other words, let's say that you pick somebody like, let's say you pick Alicia Spargo at 3.2 million and he's kind of going to shit and you could have got Jorge Martin at 2.6. Now Martin is worth four mil at some point or three and a half mil. You won't be able to afford him because Alicia Spargo's goes down to whatever he goes down to. So last year, the hard part for me was digging out because I'd had a couple bad races. And so it made it really difficult. I'd probably be better doing auto picks, but <laughs> yeah, not lying. I know. So, so basically what happened last year, folks is like towards the mid part of the season, starting with, it wasn't 15. It was like four, 14 point something, I think, but let's just say it was 15 million last year. My value team was like 19.8 mil and Jason's was like 12.9. And so the problem is, is if you want to make a trade from, cause you, I think you're still allowed to do two trades. Okay. Uh, you still have three turbo boosts, but uh, they're no longer sponsored by Motul, but they're three turbo boosts that you can use the whole season. Uh, and keep in mind, you know, you're getting, if you turbo, it's turboed for the weekend. So sprint races are included in that. Well, they are. Okay. I I was going to ask you about yeah. that. So that's good that you've already. It's really weird though, G-Dub, because they had to add a team at concept to this, didn't they? Because the constructor is too easy. You're going to pick Ducati and then you're mm-hmm. going to have to build your team around it. But man, where are you going to come up with the extra money? I mean, they haven't <laughs> increased the money yeah. and they still made it 15 million. So last exactly. year it was 15 mil. And now they've actually so added to give, a team to give you an concept, example, yeah. and this 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 probably won't be the way I go, but to give you an example, I have Peco at three and a half. Yeah, I have Miguel Oliveira at two two. Yeah, I picked Ducati at three point three million, and then I picked Luca Marini at two point one, and Alex Marquez at two. That only left me with one point nine, so I had to go with Grassini, right? So my constructor's Ducati, my team is Grassini, and then I have three riders in the two millions and only one rider in the three. So like you can't, I haven't really been able to figure out a way to, like if I get rid of one and I go add rider, who's the cheapest rider out there? 1.6. Who is it? It's uh, it's Augusto Augusto Fernandez. Fernandez. Yeah. Right? Like you have, even Nakagami's a couple, 200,000 more. Yeah. Paula Spargaro at two mil might be a bit of a bargain. You know, it just, I think it's, huh. if you made that mistake you're going, last year, <laughs> but you know, you have Raul Fernandez who's motivated and is talented. You have Alex Marquez. Who's got more experience. They're all at two mil. Then you go to 2.1. But you know, if you have dreams of going, I'm going to pick Peco Bagnaya, Fabio Quadraro, Enea Bastianini, Alicia Spargaro, Ducati and factory Ducati. You're high. You don't have enough money. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, I'm kind of playing with it as I talk to you now, and you're. I see. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how this whole thing is going to be. It's going to be interesting. So yeah, there. You know, it's going to be fun to do. It's going to be a good. Um, I love. Don't forget to save your team. I, you know, I don't know if it's got auto save, so make sure that when you after you're done picking, that you, you know, you hit team save or save the team or whatever. 
So yeah, so what basically what happens is you're going to get if you have gold riders, you're going to get the maximum points that they earn. So let's say Pecco wins the race from pole, he gets 25 points. You'll get those points. Mm-hmm. If Miguel Oliveira wins the race, and let's say he wins it from fourth, you'll get 25 plus. You get a couple extra bonus points for positions he made up. Silver riders are 50. percent So if Luca Marini was on pole and he won the race, and I have him as silver. I'm going to get 12 and a half points. Mm-hmm. Then constructor points and team points. So they, yeah, I actually spoke with the head of uh, fantasy MotoGP fantasy a couple weeks ago, Jay, mm-hmm. um, just an amazing, amazing guy over in Spain, uh, in Spain. He knows Damia who is in charge of um, esports for MotoGP, who used to be one of our directors at Moto America for a couple of years. You remember Damia? Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. And they know each other, whatever. And so he was telling me that they did need to add this. And they have a plan. You know, they, they're intentionally adding a little bit more sophistication to it and a way for them to not have tie. You know, the more the more factors you have, the less possibility you're going to have as a tie. Got it. But through through MotoGP.com, there are like uh, like um, weekend prizes in terms of the race weekends and stuff. They're prizes. For our podcast, we're going to be giving away a brand new Arai helmet, uh, and we're going to give away a set of Dunlop Q5s, just like we do uh, with the Pulp MX Fantasy for Supercross. Second place will get Q5s, third place will get Q5Ss. So, and of course, we'll talk about it. And you know, like we like Supercross Fantasy; it's fun, it's complicated. But this one, just sign up and play because you just pick a team, and even if you forget about it week to week to week, your players. Your your it carries over. Um, yeah, it just carries over all season long. What about this would be a good um, one for Johnny Ray to play with us? Yeah, Johnny. Did you did you get back in Uncle Skip's good books? Are you back in on that one? I have no idea. I thought I was out. You're and then out. I get this text message. Pain. Yeah, I saw the text. Are you in or are you out? You better confirm. I thought I was out. Wait, what's Uncle Skip's? What do we have to do? It's the easiest one you could possibly do. You gotta pick one. Oh, writer. you just have to pick that one right. No, was- I'm out. That was I'm, too I'm difficult out. for you last that. year. I'm busy. I'm a busy guy. You're, busy. You're an idiot. All right. What? Huh? All right. Uh, let's talk anyway. Supercross. What happened in Supercross, G-Dub? Pull it up. Well, racing. First of all, first of all, racing happened in Supercross. I know, JP. man. Maybe one of the biggest, and, gnarliest heartbreaks I've ever felt for somebody, right? Oh, dude. I mean, all right. So, ugh, God, dude. It was just. Sucks to talk about. Let me let me uh yeah let me let me pull up the results here because I I totally I, I put the Chase the Sexton wrong Chase Sexton ends up winning over Cooper Webb and Eli Tomac so your top three guys in the points in no certain order those are your top three guys in points this year um, they end up finishing first second third but it doesn't really tell the whole race because Aaron Plessinger AP who I'd say has had a pretty difficult time in Supercross like we've seen him win two fifty. Supercross championship, but that was what, like five years ago? And then we've seen him on Factory Yamaha for a couple of years. Then he's moved over to KTM on the 450s. I would say has been mediocre through injury and some other stuff. Um, even though it sounds like a lot of people believed him. Greg, he was gone in this race. Did you watch it live? Oh, God, yeah. Okay. All right. So, first yeah. of all, Adam Cincirillo got a launch yep. and he led the first lap. Yep. And I was like, yay. And yay. then Plessinger. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I like AC. I do too. And then Plessinger gets out to, and by by the first lap, he was out front, lap two. He already had a 1.1 second lead. Yep. 
He extended it by lap 11 of 23 to an 8.6. Then Chase Sexton started to chase him down. That goes to seven seconds, goes back up to seven and a half, right? By the time we get to lap 21, so he's like two laps to go. Basically, he's like going to take the white flag plus a lap. And he had it at 3.8 seconds. So it, it kind of it went down to 3.6, then up to four and a half, then 3.8. And then all of a sudden, dude, as, as he I, I reached out to the producer, Chris Bond uh-huh. and, and, and Jeff Manhart, the director of Supercross. And I just said, you know what? You guys did such a service for everybody by coming back from commercial break and having Aaron Plessinger interviewed, you know, and you have to tip the cap to Plessinger JP, because there are a list of riders that I will not say, but I'm looking at the results that would not, would not have stuck around and done that interview. There's no way they would have gone back to their transporter. They would have not wanted to talk to anybody. But to Plessinger's credit, he sat there. They came back from break, and he told us a story. And he was going through this right-hander, and he had been, you know, butt in the seat, leg out the whole time, and just made this bad decision that he was going to go through it standing up, and it, his foot hit, and he Pulled him off went the bike for a ride. Unreal. And he was holding back the tears. It was such a great interview, dude. I'm so bummed I haven't like, seen it. I'll have to pull it up because uh, I don't know why, but on the – I was watching it late because I saw – I had to ignore all of your guys' text messages like with Chuck and Skip and, and yourself because I didn't want to know results. You know how I am. I like to just Yeah. I always laugh at people that bitch and moan about spoilers. It's like just stay off your shit and you won't have to worry about spoilers, right? But yeah. In this case, I so I stayed away from it and I watched it and I'm like, man, this is gonna be such a cool story. And I'm telling my mom about it. She's sitting next to me. I'm like, this is gonna be such a great story. So pumped for this guy. And then of course. They're following another race, and then all of a sudden you hear the crowd, and then you, they they show you AP like trying to pick himself up off the deck and trying to get to the bike. And at that moment, having been there, Greg, you just wish that you could hit the rewind button just ten seconds. Just let me go back ten seconds ago, and I will not make that mistake again. And man, just heartbreaking for that guy. Just and you just. You know, they always say, like, it's going to make you stronger. It's going to do all this crap. The guy was ready to win that night, and he had a lap and a half to go, if that. You just hope he wins a race. You just got to – I don't think there's going to be anybody not pulling for that guy now. Where do they go? To Seattle next? And he's been good at Seattle. I think he's podium there in Supercross. So, hopefully, he keeps the momentum going. It's It was a heartbreaker. Now, but, Chase Sexton wins the race, and yeah. I'm not taking anything away from Chase. No. Because he had a, he had a good, <laughs> solid race. But he's throwing but, those – he's throwing enough races away this year to feel bad for that guy, too. Exactly. Yeah. But it, you know, with, with Aaron Plessinger and this is the problem, it just feels different. Right. It does. Like, like it, it was, I don't know how to explain it. Well, Sexton's a guy that you look at and people have crowned him. Like they, they think he's going to be a champion. He, they think that, that Chase Sexton. So in a way, even if you look the weekend before, when you see Roxon and Barsha win, I mean, that is a, a really fun result for fans because, Barsha rode amazing and he caught Roxon and Roxon held on. And we know what that guy's been through just from being fans of watching the sport with AP. I agree. It feels different because when you, when you lay out a distance of seven seconds and by the way, it wasn't like, it wasn't like Cooper Webb and, and Tomac and all them got bad starts. G-Dub, you know, it's like, no, they they were the only guy that got a bad start was Chase Sexton. He got a bad start. So he had to come from like ninth or eighth or tenth or whatever. 
this guy got to the front once he got by AC and just took off. He was gone. Like another, he was riding on another, on another track for the majority of the night. Did I, I think he had the fastest lap of the race by about half, like over half a second. It's incredible. Like he, and, and even, yeah, even the commentators were like, dude, he's just on another planet. And it's yeah. just like one, one little mistake. And, and I, I don't know if you've done it, Jay, but I've done it in stick and ball sports. You know, there was a volleyball tournament one time and I was doing this one thing, this jump serve, right? And it just, we got in a loser's bracket and it was, it was a two, two, they called it a two man, but it was a two, it was a mixed tournament. So it was myself and, and a girl. And I'm jumping, like we get in a loser's bracket. We lost the first one. And then we just had this massive run. Okay. And I'm jump serving, jump serving. We get down this team, down that team, blah, blah, right. But in volleyball, in the format, if you're in the loser's bracket, that means you have to beat the winners twice, right? So the winner, the people in the winner's bracket only have to beat you once and they win, but you have to beat them twice. And we beat them in the first match. And then for some reason, I go, Let's change it up. And I'm going to stop jump serving. You lost the plot, as they say. We lost a lot. Dude, yeah. That to me is what happened with, you know, with Aaron Plessinger. Like he was like, I'd gone through that corner the exact same way. And I just decided to do it different. And it, <laughs> and it caught him out. It sucks. So dude. like, I really yeah. felt for him just from my experience. And it's like, dude, oh, I've been there, bro. You know, and, and I've never done that. Like I, now I just keep doing the same thing. If I'm successful, then I'm going to do the same thing until, you know, until I'm unsuccessful, then I'll start to change things up. So, so we're and just so the just so the fans of our podcast. <laughs> do I do this mm-hmm. to you? No, go ahead, go ahead, dum dum. Greg just basically drew a parallel between co-ed volleyball and AP's loss in Super. But I get your point, G Dub. What I'm saying, it's the same mental mistake. <laughs> God, I love you. You know, people people that are in sport obviously know the mantra. Yes. Do what got you there. That's right. Don't change. Don't change if it if it's working, don't change, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix at, it. At, listen, ask any mechanic ask any mechanic or team. <laughs> if you're in a if you're in a you know a motorcycle racing championship, you know, 2007 when I got to ride Spees' stock thousand, he had already yeah. won the championship. That team was adamant about like we got to do the same thing on the superbike the whole mm. year to win this championship. And they were like, but it's so right. pressure filled that they wanted to put me on the stock thousand as a distraction because they knew it was going to be embarrassing, comical, all the things <laughs> that it actually was. But, the, but great. You know, what's that's so, why you know, on the pit board, that's why on the pit board, they hung the pit board out, Jay. And it said, you suck. That's so I literally mean. come out of turn 11 at Laguna and the pit board's hanging out there with my number on it, my three digit. And it just says, you suck. How many years on the couch did you spend after that? Like, what was your therapist <laughs> telling you at that point? G dub those, those I'm bastards. Still That's it. so mean. I'm still not over it. That is so mean. G dub like James, you, you know who you are. <laughs> yeah. You Yosh guys, you know, Hey, yeah, you but, Yosh guys, but you know, the hardest part about that to your point though, G dub is that when you are successful and you're winning and you're winning and you're winning and you're not changing anything, that's when people start kind of catching up. And then you're like, is there, should I be changing something? And in the case with you, like not making fun at all, what's funny is how your mind went from something that was working for you at that particular point And it was super successful to all of a sudden there's just something that like changed in your brain that went, Oh, I got to stop doing that and try to get, try to get to the same successful point in a different way. And you completely bamboozle yourself. And, and, and G-Dub, it's so funny because it's, I think it's like that with every athlete and everything that you've ever done, any of us have ever done. 
it's it's almost like a self sabotage, isn't it? Like you've no question. It's like you have found success, and like, well, this is you're not at the time thinking, well, this is too easy. You're just going like. Yeah, because when you're expected to win or when you're expected to just kill it, I think that's what makes athletes special. Like when you look at a a Marquez, a Johnny Ray, a Michael Jordan, a Tiger Woods, the effort and practice that they have put in, they're not afraid of their own success anymore because they've put so much work into it that they know what works and they're not going to differentiate from that until somebody proves that they can beat them. See, but what you just said there, and all the elite athletes that have been around over the year, I think is a key statement. I think a lot of people think that people fail because they overthink it and they have fear of failure. Yeah. But ultimately, people actually, in my opinion, have more fear of success than they actually do fear of failure because success is rarer and failure. And again, failure, in my view, is is a perspective. I really don't think hundred percent. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? Like I think, okay, that's, that's a learning experience right there. I just learned from that. So, but, 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 you know, people by and large don't think like that. So I think fear of fear of success is what can really sabotage people more than fear of failure. And it's, and, and I look back on that now and I literally cannot put two thoughts together that would make sense. It's been a lot, a lot, a lot of years, but I, I cannot think why, why would I have made that decision? Why did I think? Yeah. And and I was friends with that person I played volleyball with for years and years and years. And she would heckle the shit out of me. Like, ah, you know, like something would be going on. She yeah. was like, hey, here's a here's an idea. What do you say you just stop jump serving? And I'd be like, oh, okay, good, good one. Well, you good know what's one. funny? You know what's funny about the whole thing? And I know we're we're going now we're turning into mentalists on our podcast, but but <laughs> yeah. but I gotta coach a lot of guys. And I think it's a really ironic and thing. Girls. And, girls, and girls, a lot of people. I think it's so crazy when I get a student that comes up and says, I want to qualify for a Moto American National. And I'm like, no, you don't. And they're like, well, yeah, I want to qualify. I'm like, why? Why do you just want to qualify? Like, there's no reason to just go qualify because you know what happens, Greg? If that person qualifies for that brief second, they're like, man, that's the greatest thing in the world. Wait a minute. I qualified 44th. I'm the last on the grid. Yeah. Oh, my God. I stink. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. You just wanted to qualify. And now you've done that and now you're turning it into a negative. It's like, so for me, it's a, it's really ironic. And in this case, AP did not fail. He did not, he just nope. didn't succeed, right? He didn't succeed. Agreed. He didn't fail. He did 99, 97.5% of that race. Really, really great. Like unbelievable. Everybody. And, and you know, in, in that particular case, you wonder what, if anything is going through a writer's head, because I think, the psychology of of it's impossible to not think about screwing up i think for a lot of normal people i think it's impossible for people to not get a tiny bit ahead of themselves and like oh my gosh i'm gonna do this i think that he'd made it through those laps where you've got to grind out that middle section of the race where it's just like okay don't make any mistakes just keep pounding out your laps then you get to the end and it's almost impossible to go like oh my gosh there's only a minute and a half left plus a lap I'm there. Like all I got to do is. So the thing is, is that he'll learn from this. I hope I want to see the guy go on and go on a winning streak now. And in this flip side of it, the great story about Chase Sexton is, is that, okay, people will go, well, he got it handed to him. It doesn't matter. 
he won and he and he, he won. He put himself in the position. He to put himself clean in second. Mess. He got by Tomac. He got by Barsha. He got by Cooper Webb. He has shown that he's capable of winning and being ahead. And it doesn't matter how you win as long as you win. And he has given away how many of these races this year? And now I thought the funny part was, or the sad part, GW, is even though he won, he got a seven-point penalty. Did you see that for jumping at a red cross flag? Yes. I saw that. So, like, any points he made up, I think he was 13 points back going in. I think he's further behind than he was when he started. I'm not positive on that. You might, I, I can check it. But regardless, it that's kind of a bummer he, for him. Well, but is, he won. Is that, and he's, is that but is that enough? Well, I don't know. I I didn't really. I saw what happened, and I don't know. Like, look, we already got into a rules thing last week, and last thing I'm gonna do is <laughs> yeah, pretend to understand again, yeah. understand supercross yeah. rules. They made their decision, and it is what it is. But I don't even think that even matters to him. He got the winner's check. He got the winner's trophy. He won a race. Next year, when they go back to Detroit, he'll be the guy that'll be like, "Oh, this guy won here last year," and that could be the win that sets Chase Sexton going. So, anyways, in our pulp fantasy, sorry, winner on a rant there. DV nine three four G Dub is leading at twenty four fifty nine over Rotten, who I believe was leading going into last week. I can't remember if that's correct, but. Uh, two, four, five, nine, 2,459 for DV nine, three, four rotten's at 2421 Hucklebuck racing, super Dave 22. And how about uncle skip? If you end up having uncle to give uncle skip, skip. A, a helmet at the end of the year. Oh my God. Uh, he had 304 points, 304 points and four points. Oh my God. Chimney crickets, bro. Yeah. That's, that's a big what? one. Hayden two, five, nine. Six is tied for six with beat JP 43. Um, Barsha just wrecked someone <laughs> who's in our league in Detroit. Yeah. 316. That's insane. That is so Dalbright 716, 314 points. RSV Rob 51, 306. So Uncle Skip with 304 <sighs> tied with Let's Go Brandon was only fourth. That's incredible. Had, yeah. Uh, let's see where where would that have? I talked to Dougie Lincoln today. He's stuck in Denver. He's on his way from Denver to. He's coming out here to Chuck Walla. He's fifteenth. He's doing good. And then Barsha just wrecked someone. Yeah, was hundred and fifty ninth overall. Wow, overall in the whole deal. And in week, it's San Diego. The second round was twenty seventh overall. I wonder. So so he must have missed a few. Must have missed a few. Uh, no, rounds. he's had a couple donut. Like he had a couple of struggling ones. Like, like Tampa, hundred twenty one points, uh, yeah, twenty thousand seven. You know what I mean? Yeah, forty six. Yeah, hundred sixty eight. Oakland, twenty thousandth position overall. Did you? So see let's it? look at you. Where? Me, where? Me did and, you, I'm forty first right. now. Tied with uh, <laughs> our boss. Our boss, Big Chuck. <laughs> yeah, Big me Chuck. and Chuck. We're we're tied. And the funny thing is, is I looked it up while on the side. I, Greg, is how bad I am. Because, you know, I missed that week. And I'm averaging mm-hmm. 240 points a week. So I'm not – I've actually figured out a little method this year that seems to have worked better. You know, you know what you sound like? You sound like a high school boy. No, nope, I'm gotten better. Like, I screwed you know, up one if week. I, if I just had said the right thing yeah. to that girl, she would have invited me to the Sadie Hawkins dance. If my if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle, correct? So <laughs> Yeah, okay. All right. Garrett All right. Kai, 53rd. That- Where are you at? 
Uh, I, am I still on page three? I see. Let's see. Or did I make it to page two? I see Andrew Lee's there. Weege, 56. We're going to have to give him a little bit of a hard time. Derek Keyes. I mean, I had decent points, the 264 points, but. A Savannah, 65th. I think she missed a week, maybe. I don't know. Where I missed you? two weeks, so I'm I'm buried. Yeah, I'm on Michael, page three, one Michael finally, Michael finally bagged it. He he almost made it through, but he skipped. It looks like he skipped last week, Gilbert. So, anyways, it's always fun. It's good. We have it, we have it, a good it's, time. With it, it is a fun time. So I've averaged 202 points. So I have had a miserable season. Like DV nine three four is averaging 245. You are averaging 240. You play 240. That's the way to check. So. With your average right now, you would be P3. Did you not hear what I just said? I just said all that. You don't, uh, yeah, no, you don't no, no, listen. But I'm You're like you a don't... married couple that just don't even like. Hmm? I see you, but I don't hear you. No? I, don't, I don't see you either right now. I'm looking at a website. Not, That's cute. Not you. All right. Well, like listen. Two. What? Um, go. Yeah, I got to go. I... I uh, I all right, everybody look, everybody look. Rain. Call all your friends. I know. Call all your friends. Tell them to join the fantasy league for MotoGP. It's going to be super fun. We'll talk about it when you see us at the racetrack. You better stop and talk to us about that. It'll be a good time. We certainly hope that you're. Hey, find I got a, a nice, question for you. To, Let me ask you a fun question. Place to watch. How could we throw it in there? Do you think anybody would give a shit if I if if I threw a JP43 training one on one day in with this? I think everybody's been waiting for you to do that, dude. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think it's a great idea. For what place? You're going to pick a random place. If you finish 27th or some <laughs> shit, if you finish 43rd, you're going to get a JP thing, or do you want to go to the winner? No. Go to the winner? Let's figure it out, though. Okay. I don't know. Let's talk about it, and then we'll, right. and then, and then we'll get the, the league started. All right, so know this, all right? If you get into our yeah. Pulp Fantasy League... All right. Yes. If you get in there, there will be a JP43 training one-on-one for somebody. If you get in on this thing, I and we got an Arai helmet and we got some Dunlop yep. tires. Correct. I don't know where all my bullshit falls into. I don't know how many people would even care to do it. I mean, I don't know. I'll tell you what. I, why don't we do this? I, I know that a lot of people don't do this, but reach out to either of us on social media, right? Instagram. It's it, All the links are in the description. If you're on Apple Pod, you can go look at it, whatever. And tell us what you want to do. Do you think it should go to the winner? Do you think it should go to Jason's number? Oh, dude, speaking of numbers, I swear to God. Did you see Jeff White's race number? Did he, t- did he text you about his race number? <laughs> no, I don't know it. He picked 143. Of course he did. And here's why, and here's why Jeff White picked 143. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Jeff White picked 143 as a as an homage uh-huh. to me being 13. 13. Yeah. And you at 43. And the capper is because he loves us both and 143 is love. I love you. But but how can you not love that guy? <laughs> he's your brother. The dude's he's so great, dude. Yeah. Right. I love the guy. Is he coming out this week? I don't think he's coming out yeah. this week. Not this weekend. He'll be out for he's doing his, a one-on-one, his one-on-one. He's doing a one-on-one with me. April 4th? Do you know how much fun that's going to be? Oh, boy. Hey, real quick. This is a long podcast. If you have a sibling, if you have a sibling, think about this, all right? He used to beat me up as a kid, and now he's stealing all my best friends. How am I supposed to feel about that? I don't. Oh, look. Well, first off, I'm flattered that that you'd actually admit that I'm like a a friend. That's that's nice. I was talking about about Kolb. Kolb, yeah. <laughs> Kolb. You and Kolb have a great I like, history. Do I say Simon or yeah, Kolb, yeah. Any of the above? Dude, 
Yeah. I, I just cleaned my bathroom. Oh, typical. That's cold. an inside joke. Just, We're not telling. I just cleaned my bathroom. Podcast. Yeah, I just cleaned my bathroom. Uh, you, no, you can't come here. I what? love you, Kolb. How? I need a hey, Kolb. I need a favor. I need a favor. No, you can't come here. What? What? Like, I'm in jail. Yeah, I'm real sorry. That's too bad. Yeah, I get You're one in call. Jail, but I'm, I get I'm in one the middle call. Of watching Cole. the Kardashians. I get one call. Cole. I get one call. I get one call. You're my call. And you're the yeah. guy. No, oh, you, sorry. You sorry. Wasted your call. Man, that sounds horrible. No, you can't come here. I mean, is that that is a dick move, Kolb? I'm just gonna say it. All right. So, so speaking of that, let like real, real quick. Yesterday, I'm sitting here, and my mom. You know, my mom. I just love her to death. So, so. She's been kind of watching. I like watching hockey. I think it's cool, right? So you probably first grew, of all, it's it's you, hockey. You grew up with hockey, hockey. right? And of course I did, got, yeah, yeah. The Bruins, so especially yeah. back in Mass. So I, I really like hockey. I love playoff hockey, and I and I like. I, anyways, I like it. So my mom, I I I know she'd love to go to a game. So yesterday, I'm sitting out on my couch. I get a call from Chris Stoner, and he says, "Jay, he goes, what are you doing? He's in California. Chris is from New York." I said, "I am thinking about taking my mom to a hockey game tonight." Well, I want to do that. I'm like, okay. I go, I go, he goes, I go, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, I'm going to dinner with Simon. I said, well, I promise you if Simon finds out that I'm going to a hockey game and you want to go, he'll want to go to hockey. That turned into Simon going to a hockey game, which turned into Kolb going to the hockey game. And then we, and we all ended up starting off at John Moshe's restaurant. El Granjero. How does he say it? El Granjero. I don't know. It's, it's awesome. It's in farmer's market. It's really, really good. If you're, you know, I, if you're here yeah. in California, you need to go, go visit it John is so good. and tell him about Greg and Moshe racing last <laughs> lap of when Greg stuffed him and everybody in the wall erupted for what place do we finish? You think eighth, or ninth, 19th or 20th L Mate, what L Granjaro. It's G R A N J E R O. If you're in LA and you haven't been down there in farmer's market, you need to go. It's I know it's a helpless plug, but he's one of my best friends, and it's an amazing, amazing restaurant. Oh, he's he's a great, really unreal, massive motorcycle enthusiast. Oh, he he's races really at CVMA. Like, yeah, literally one of the best people you'll ever meet in your life. And the restaurant and the food is unreal. And we went from there, G Dub, straight over to what was the old Staples, and we watched the Kings play against Calgary Flames last night. And we showed up about seven or eight minutes into the first period because. I, I know this comes it's a good shock time to, to show you. up actually. Yeah. Traffic. Yeah, I know. I know you're shocked at that. Like <laughs> everybody that knows me knows that LA is my hell. And I was down in the middle of it. And, uh, I picked you up, love your mom. You I love, love your my moms. mom. I picked up Simon on the way. Then I picked up Cole. Then we went to the restaurant and all that. And, and then next thing you know, LA Kings explode for eight goals. So it was like a really fun. No kidding. It was a fun night. Yeah. It was a fun night. We had a blast. And so now mom wants to go to more hockey games, which means... Oh, you're screwed. I'm so hosed. You're so screwed. You you literally need... Uh, I don't know if you saw this company, Zipline, but Zipline literally is a uh, a drone company that that is in... Well, it's in the US, but primarily like Zimbabwe and some other countries where they actually shoot these drones off of a catapult and then they, they deliver um, medical supplies to hospitals yeah. and stuff in remote areas. Yeah. And... It's been suggested already that the future is that this thing would come, uh, a human-sized one would come hover over your house, pick you up, <laughs> transport you, and then drop you off in any pinpoint location. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, that's what that's what you need from Ventura <laughs> to L.A. To anywhere in L.A. because I hate it. Yeah. I do. I yeah. hate it more than anything in the world. But if mom wants to go, I'm taking her. So Hey, before you go, just yeah. real quick. Yeah. I, I don't 
a motorcycle enthusiast who's back in the he's an actor uh um uh, zachary levi he's from ventura he's a little bit younger than you but did you know him at all oh why does that name sound familiar g-dub um he's um right now he's a he's shazam he's in the movie he's the he is shazam in the movie shazam and shazam 2 is coming out okay but for a long time he did uh oh man what show did he star in anyway he's yeah. he's an acquaintance and i didn't realize i saw an interview with him and he's from ventura where oh, he, is from. He? he grew up there yeah, yeah i'd I have to see him guys as as i know that you're not, not really connected to the street rider bit more track day stuff he's done some track days in the yeah. past but well, he used to be part of that crew. You know, there's a whole kind of L.A. crew that would do track days together. Got it. You yeah. know, or or that those group of celebrities that would do some stuff together. And he used to be part of that. Yeah. So. No, I I can't say that I know him for sure. So, yeah. Mm. All right. Well, hey, everybody, look, we're we're out and we appreciate you listening this deep into it. We're excited about MotoGP, MotoGP Fantasy. Uh, send us some information, you know, like give us your opinion. What? How do you want us to award like what what position possibly you know do you want us to award this this deal jay we'll need some more details going forward meaning yeah. like for sure if you're from out of will, will there be a bike that someone can ride if they're not we gotta figure california? some of that out we'll have to figure some of right. that bit out for but. sure you're gonna have to get yourself if you win it you'll have to get yourself to california you know what i mean you'll have to do all that stuff so but we'll 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 sort through some of the details because literally we didn't talk about it jason just brought it up i just brought it up and, right uh, now it's not even anything greg and i talked about prior to the show and and it's a $20,000 value. Is that right? Yeah, $20,000. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I'll do is I'll get Jeff White on here after we do our one-on-one to sell it for me. So, yeah, he'll... Hey, by the way, I think he's already going mm-hmm. faster than you ever did out there. Is that a problem for you? No. Are you sure? It's fine. <laughs> I'm not doing it on a $50,000 motorcycle either, am I? Oh yeah, I guess I guess I I guess you kind of did. did. Yeah, you I guess I did a couple that, yeah. times. Yeah, maybe yeah. a one hundred and fifty thousand dollar Yosh superbike. Yeah, maybe well, or two hundred. I'll video. Yeah, right, I'll fine. video our day for you and send it to you. Why? What's he doing? Is he in the forties already? No. No. Tell me, he's doing fifty twos. He might be. I don't know. I haven't been out there. I've just been hearing. Rum- I've been hearing rumors. <sighs> he hasn't told me, so he won't. Yeah. He won't mention it. All right. Well, wish me luck. It's only pouring down like, you know what? And I got to drive all the way to Chuck Wallet at 3.30 in the afternoon going through the middle of my favorite place in the world. So I want everybody to have an awesome week. If you're at Chuck Wallet, come say hi. I think it's the second to last round of the year for CVMA. So championships are starting to dwindle down and become important. I want all the riders to be safe. And I think the weather's going to be really good out there. So G-Dub, thanks for another great podcast. You and I will figure out when we're doing it next week. Have a safe week, everyone. Enjoy MotoGP and get on Greg's Garage Pod for fantasy. Talk to you all later. See ya.